Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, that's pretty good. I like it. We'll see if the uh, other services can do that too. Today is the beginning of the Let's Go series, and Easter was awesome. I had so much fun last week, and, and there was this moment when uh, the cross was, I thought the biggest moment for me would be when the cross was being raised, but actually for me, it was when the cross in the middle of the worship space was being lowered, and I saw these hands reach up, and, and tons of hands reach up and pull this cross down and uh, make it so that the cross was accessible for everybody. Everybody could just walk up to it and uh, share their little flower on the cross. And I had people come up to me and say that it was the best Easter service um, that, that they'd ever been to. And, and it's not about whether it was the best Easter service that has ever happened on the face of the earth. What's amazing to me is that for those people, it was the best Easter service they had ever experienced. And so much else has happened, I think, below the surface that we don't see and that we don't hear about. And those are the beautiful things that we will see in time, and God does see those things. Today, we're beginning the Let's Go series. And we have already done our Reclaim series where we've looked back on the past. Now, it's all about looking forward to the future. And this is our Vision 2020 series. Crazy idea. And church, I've always planned six months ahead. Or I've always planned seven months ahead. Honestly, sometimes I've planned one month or one week ahead. It's true. Whole teams have done this, and, and it's happened a lot at Highlands, happened to all the churches, every church I've been to. But very rarely have I ever heard a church team or a church congregation start to say, let's make some plans for three years from now. So we're calling it our Vision 2020 series. What do we want our children's ministry, our youth ministries, our, our worship ministries, our mission ministries, what do we want those to look like three years from now? I've heard people say, hey, you know what? People, people plan and God laughs, right? You know that saying? It's really true. We do need to always be leaning into God's will and God's plan. But also we are created in the image of God. And God is a God that plans. God is a God that prepares and, and makes plans. And so just as we are created in the image of God to worship and to praise and to be creative, we are also created in God's image to plan and to dream. And so that's what this series is going to be all about. And so what we've landed on a theme for this is, and a way to walk through this series of Vision 2020, is to look at our life through the lens of Jesus's miracles. To look at our life through the lens of Jesus's miracles. I love a miracle. A miracle is, is, is something that just shakes and rocks your world. It is something extraordinary. It's not something that you can really say, oh, well, that's exactly how that happened. And it's a frightening thing, a miracle. It really is. It's something that will just, will just cause you to fall to your knees when you encounter a miracle. And it, and it has done so in my life. And in the lives of people that I've, I've known that have encountered miracles, it always brings them to, to their knees. Even when I had a baby, uh, I didn't have a baby. When my wife had a baby, if I had had a baby, now that would have brought me to my knees for sure. But when my wife had a baby, um, when we had a baby, I, I, I was just up every morning for at two o'clock for five years straight. I mean, I'm on my knees. I'm praying before God. No, but it's just the beauty of that child and seeing how beautiful the kid is and just realizing, God, what a miracle we have. Um, I I heard one person say that, you know, they they ran into people that are not sure that they believe in miracles. And then the quote says that uh, that's because they, they forgot that they were one. Or G.K. Chesterton. Oh, he's, he's great. Uh, G.K., G.K. Chesterton said, you know, the, the most incredible thing about a miracle, the most incredible thing about miracles is that they actually happen. Isn't that great? 
Today we are going to look at a, a miracle that Jesus did at the beginning of his ministry in the Gospel of Luke. And the, the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Matthew and Mark and John, these are four different accounts of the life of Jesus, and they all depict Jesus' life in different ways. And so in the Gospel of Luke, the very first time at the beginning of Jesus' ministry that we see a character named, that we know as Peter, but the Gospel refers to as Simon, the first time we see that person in the Gospel of Luke is when Jesus appears at his mama's house. You know that movie, Mama's House? If you don't, it's okay. You don't need to see it, really. <laughs> Jesus appears at, at Peter's mama's house, but Peter's mom is sick. She's really sick. She's got a fever. And so then Jesus rebukes the fever. I like that. He goes up with the fever. Get out of here. Have you ever rebuked a fever? I have, and it, nothing happens, really. But when Jesus rebuked the fever in Peter's mom, the fever went out of her, and she got up, and, she, and, they, and it says that she started serving them. I, I mean, that is not my dream come true of getting out of a fever. I want to go take a vacation. But it says that she just, she had so much life and energy that she just decided, hey, what can I do for you guys? Can I help out? Then all of the people in the surrounding villages start to come to Peter's house and hear about Jesus's miracles. And Jesus heals one person after another. One person after another is, is experiencing healing through Jesus. And the whole time, this character named Peter or Simon is watching on. And do you know what's happening in his life? I think he's becoming afraid. I think he's starting to be filled with fear. And there's this beautiful leap in Luke's account of the story of Jesus's ministry. Right from Peter's mama's house, Simon's, Simon Peter's mama's house, to the lake called Gennesaret, or also called the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is teaching by the Sea of Galilee, but so many people have heard about how awesome Jesus is that they have come to hear what he's saying about God. They want to know what he's telling them about God. So he's telling them the stories of the Old Testament, the stories of King David, the stories of Solomon, the story of creation. And, and the scripture tells us today that the people were so excited to hear Jesus telling them about the word of God that they were pressing in on Jesus, that they were pressing in on him. And by the way, he's standing beside a lake, which is not a good thing if people are pushing in on you and you're beside a lake. It's a dangerous situation. And so he doesn't fall into the lake. So he sees two boats down the shore and he gets an idea. And he walks over to one of the boats and the boat that he gets into is Simon Peter's boat. And he asks Simon Peter to take him out on the water. And this is what happens. This is the, oh, by the way, the Vision 2020 series, I am so excited. I've got a new Bible today. This is just a cool thing to me that I have a new Bible. Uh, it's been on my shelf for five years and I've been recently looking around, which is going to be the new Bible I'll use. And I just reached over and this is it. So it's kind of cool to, to open a new Bible at the beginning of a visioning series. So this is uh, the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. And uh, it's the story of Jesus at the sea or the lake of Gennesaret. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. Now, are you guys as excited to hear about the word of God today? Yeah? See, that's, that's the kind of excitement they had. Pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. Now, the fishermen had gone out of those boats and they were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, Simon Peter. 
And he asked Simon Peter to put out a little way from the shore. Then Jesus sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. What a great thing. All the echoing that would have happened off the water. They could have heard him. Good amphitheater. Perfect idea. But when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. But if you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and he said these words, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And for the catch, for he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, their little fishing co-op. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and they followed Jesus. This is an awesome story of a miracle. And I love that at the end of the story, Jesus tells Simon these words, don't be afraid. You know, I think that Simon saw the miracles happening at his mama's house. And he started to think, oh my goodness, this guy's the real deal. And he started to realize how much of a real deal Jesus was, and he realized how much of a real deal he wasn't. And the beauty of this scripture is that Jesus, even though these fishermen seem to think they know everything that's going on, right? I lean not on my own understanding, right? But Jesus lets them know loud and clear that he knows what's going on beneath the surface. Even though they claim to know that there are no fish under the water, Jesus can say, you put out into those deep waters and let down your nets for a catch. And when these boats start to fill up with fish, Peter realizes that if he knows what's going on beneath the surface of the lake, he might as well know what's going on beneath the surface right here. And so Peter falls down on his, before Jesus' knees. And if you don't get this picture right, it really doesn't get this picture right. The boat is filled with fish. They're slimy. They're, they're flopping around. There's so many fish in the boat that it's about to sink. And Peter is surrounded by disgusting, nasty fish. And he is leaning down before Jesus. And he's saying, go away. You see, Peter, I think, had developed a negative internal narrative that had begun since he was a little boy. That's my guess because, well, you know, we all project, right? <laughs> but you know those little words that come into your mind that say, hey, you're never going to be anything other than a fisherman, so just don't get any fancy ideas. Don't start thinking about big things in your life because you're going to be stuck in this job and you just need to be really, really, really fine with the way things are in your life, whatever that is those places of mediocrity, those places of fruitlessness, those places of 
unending, tireless, thankless, good-for-nothing effort that has been going in where you just keep coming up with empty nets, empty nets, empty nets, empty nets. Even when your nets are full, it's still empty. And then Peter falls down before Jesus because he has this internal narrative, his internal negative that's going through his, his mind. It has not just become one voice or two voices, but it's actually become his own voice echoed in there. And it becomes a chorus of voices that tell him that he's not good for anything. And what happens is he becomes a faithless person. He has no hope in the future. He doesn't look toward the future and have great, big, grand ideas. He stops being creative about the future because there doesn't seem to be any possibility there. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We've all been there before. And then this is the crazy thing because he says to Jesus, go away from me. Because he has an idea of who this guy is. And he says, anybody this pure and this perfect is never going to want to be around me. Get away from me, Jesus, because if you really knew what was going on beneath the surface, if you really knew what was going on, you wouldn't be hanging around me. You wouldn't want me to be a part of your family. You wouldn't want want me to be one of your children. That's impossible. And this is where Jesus rocks his world. He says, now you're ready to be a part of my family. He says, now you're ready to be one of my followers. You're ready to go with me on this journey. That's when Jesus says, let's get going. Let's go. And Peter and James and John, these sons of thunder, they leave everything They leave everything. They walk away from everything in their life. And they follow Jesus. Now, what I love about this story is that they followed Jesus for about three years. Vision 2020. And the stuff that happens in three years is more than they could have ever imagined because they were willing to step out on that journey. They were willing to to be so creative is to walk away from everything that they had held dear, all those things that, had, that imprisoned them in their life. You say, those things are different. You just said all those things they hold dear and all those things that had imprisoned them, they're not really that different. Really. Sometimes you think that what's your biggest blessing in life is actually your biggest curse. And you sometimes think that, you know, the corollary, the thing that you think is the biggest curse actually could be God's biggest blessing in your life. So this is what happens. Peter is follows Jesus all the way through his ministry. Peter is that guy that we studied a couple weeks ago who was at the trial and had denied Jesus. He didn't stand up for Jesus. He, he betrayed Jesus. And the rooster even crowed to show how sinful of a man Peter was. And then Jesus died on the cross. Jesus then was resurrected on Easter day and he appeared that day to Peter. Peter then went fishing again with his disciples and again Jesus finds him out there on the water and he does this whole weird fishing story again. (laughs) Meets Peter, says, hey, you know what? You are gonna lead this crew. I'm I'm gonna be hanging out with my father in heaven while you take over the reins, you take the leadership of this thing, this movement. The same power that I had through the power of the Holy Spirit, 
there's this account. This is three years after Peter had first been called by Jesus. Three years after Peter had heard these words. Oh, oh, these are awesome words. It says, don't be afraid from now on you will be catching people. What a weird way to describe what Peter and John would be doing. Kind of sounds a little bit creepy, doesn't it? Like people out trying to, trying to catch other people. This is what's amazing. The Holy Spirit comes on the church. There's this beautiful day where everybody is, is brought together and filled with the power of God. What a f- terrible and, and, and some must have been filled with fear, but Peter knew what it was. He'd experienced it before. He'd seen it before. Kind of like that moment when the cross was lowered on Easter and all those hands came up and he just thought, now this is it. Peter started to preach. In fact, the people started to press in on him to hear the word of God. They were so excited. He must have heard himself saying the same sermon that he had heard Jesus preach up on the lake so many years ago. The sermon, and you can read it for yourself. It's in the book of Acts. Oh, it's such a beautiful story. You know, the book of Acts is written by the same author as the book of Luke. It's like part two. It's the continuation. It's it's, it's the ongoing saga of the church. And here it is in Acts 2, this story. Peter is preaching. He's preaching about David. He's preaching about the Israelites. He's preaching about all of human history, about creation, about who Jesus is. And then at the end of it, it says this. It says, now when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter said to the apostles, to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? These thousands and thousands of people have heard this. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus. Get down on your knees. Admit the fact that Jesus is so perfect, but he wants you in his kingdom. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, this washing over for the promises for you. It's for you, for your children, and for all who are far away. And think of Peter who, who at one point said, get away from me, Jesus. This promise is not for me. He had discovered that the promise was for him that the joy was for him, the freedom was for him. It was for everybody, for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message that day were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people were added to the kingdom. Now, I just want you to think about this. 3,000 people were added to the kingdom that day. Imagine the visual of Peter walking up, meeting each one of those people, most of them for the first time, and welcoming them, and then lowering them down into the water, and then lifting them up out of the water, one after another, and remembering Jesus' promise to him, saying, you will no longer be lifting fish out of the water. Someday you'll be surrounded with more people than you can imagine who are so on fire for Jesus and for God that you couldn't even imagine. You just have to be willing to walk away from this small thing that you, that you think is everything and walk toward this dream, this vision that seems so unreal and so impossible to you. That's all you have to do. 
be willing to dream, to co-create, to plan along with God. Just someday that, that one of us could be a fisher of people, to release people, to welcome people, to embrace them when they feel that they can't be embraced anymore, and to let them know that there's no, no thing that can separate them from the love of God. Even if they say, go away from me to God, do you know what God's going to do? <laughs> He's going to say, no way. What he'll say is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm going to take place in your life that you feel is just a bottomless pit, and I am going to transform it into this thing that is beyond your wildest imaginations. Now take that and place it over this next week and the week after that. Just take that and place it on top of your life and ask God that question, where will I be in three years? It takes three years to get a graduate degree. Where will I be in three years? A lot of mission, missionaries go away for three years. Where will I be in three years? Where will the children's ministry of this church be in three years? Where will the youth ministry, the mission ministry, where will the preaching ministries, where will, where will this city be in three years? This is, this is our launch party for the Let's Go series where we will be dreaming these things up. In fact, we're not going to be really saying the ultimate let's go until down the road. But this is the buildup. This is where we start to add rocket fuel to the vision. And then there will be a countdown. And yes, we'll make plans. But then we'll see what God does with all of that. Sound good? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the God who takes what we feel is certainty and transforms it into your reality, into the, the truth of, of your love, which is anything is possible. That for you, nothing is impossible. And that, Lord, your miracles were all about building faith growing faith, helping us to have faith, and that that faith would be something that would not just be projected on the now, but it would be not just projected on you, but also projected on, on you and the future, all that that future entails, the fullness of the future. So God, may we be filled with faith as we look to your miracles today. May we recognize, Lord, that you know what's going on beneath the surface, and you love it when we confess that to you. We, you love it when we acknowledge it too. Lord, we thank you so much that you are the one who even when we say go away from you, you, you say, don't be afraid. I will be with you and you will be with me. And so Lord, we thank you for, for this day. And uh, like those kids bouncing in the jump house right now, may that be our hearts, our souls as we discover a new freedom in you. And uh, may you bind us together through the fellowship we, we hear these words from Scripture, awe that happened after Peter prayed with those people and baptized them that day. That awe came upon everyone because many signs and wonders were being done to the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and do goods 
the possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, they spent much time together in the temple. They broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day by day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Lord, we pray for whoever is being ministered to by those uh, paramedics. Um, they're, they're in a dark place now, Lord. They don't know. A whole church is praying for them right now. Whatever's going on in their life. May each of us know that we're loved that much and more. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.